This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Okay, are you ready for the word this morning? Okay, put on your seat belts. We're going to go fast. So, the title of the message this morning is God Said So. Let me tell you, I've had an interesting experience over the past two weeks. Uh, Not only being in Israel, and you're going to hear about that, but coming back home, what's the question people ask you? How was Israel? Good question, right? Good question, bad answer. There's no way of answering how was Israel. that's, That's all I need to tell you. You can't put it in words. You can't frame it. You can't. I just believe every Christian, every believer needs to have at least a pilgrimage there in their lifetime. That's all I can say. But some of what you'll hear today has been inspired by the things we saw, tasted, felt while we're down there. And the biggest thing is that nation exists because God said so. That's it. It's not ideas. It's not fancy documents, it's not strategy, it's God said so. So I'd like you to open your Bibles to John 1. We're going to read from verses 1 to 5 very quickly. And if you're there, say, "Uh aha. I hear those pages turning, this music to our ears. Okay, so the Bible says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things that were made were made through him, and without him nothing that was made was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. In the beginning was the word. If we turn to Genesis 1, and we're going to do quite a bit of reading. Now here's what I want us to do. These scriptures are going to go up. They are words that are underlined in red. As I read, when I get to that word underlined in red, I want you to read with me. Is that okay? We're going to read quite a lot of scripture. So whenever you see what's highlighted in red, read with me. Okay? So Genesis 1, verse 31. Let's go back to it. It says, in the beginning was the word. It says here, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning was the first day. Let there be 
firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. God called the firmament heaven and evening and morning and the second day. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathered together the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Let the earth bring forth grass and herbs and, and that yields seed for, and the fruit that yields fruit according to the, its kind. Whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and so evening and morning were the third day. Let there, lights, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day and the night, and let them be signs of the seasons and the days of the years, and let them be the, uh, let there be for lights in the firmament in the heavens to give light to the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the great light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light to the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So evening and morning were and the fourth day. Let the waters abound with abundance, living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament and the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves and which, uh, with which the waters abound according to their kind and every winged and according to its kind. God saw that this was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters of the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. So evening and morning were the fifth day. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle creeping and creeping thing, beast of its kind, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. God saw that it was good. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. No, it's not then God said. And God said. And God said. Take note of that. It's not then God said, it's and God said. See, I've given every living herb that yields seed, as Pastor Milton was mentioning, which is, for the, uh, which is on the face of, the earth, of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food, and every beast of the earth, and every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth. 
on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So evening and morning came, and that was the sixth day. What's the point of all that? If the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, everything that was made was made by the Word, nothing that was made was made outside of Him. Then God said, precedes new beginnings. Last week, Pastor Bonnie ministered and she talked about the Jewish New Year. And there's so much excitement about it being a season of new beginnings. New beginnings are not new beginnings without then God said. If we desire new beginnings or we create new beginnings without the foundation of the word of God, we're creating that which is temporal. Most of us want new beginnings. Most of us want beginnings. And most of us go ahead and forge beginnings. But unfortunately, most of the times, God has not said so. We're creating beginnings where God has not spoken. Every beginning that is to be founded on solid foundation has got to have then God said. Matthew 7 verses 24 to 25 say this, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain comes down, the streams rise, the winds blow and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation is on the rock. You know, I've heard Pastor Tom say many times, I've not heard us as a nation, not heard our leaders call upon God for help. Not had, we've uh, had visions, we've spoken of new beginnings, we've spoken, written white papers and strategies, and they've remained just that because we've not sought what God sees, we've not sought what God speaks, we've not sought what God's idea, what God's agenda is for our nation. When you see a nation being built on what God has said, whew, it can change your perspective. What follows what God says? Most times when we have a promise or we have a vision that God gives us, the next question we have, because usually God doesn't speak to us about anything that, is, that we can do within ourselves. It is, it's usually much bigger than ourselves. He says to Abraham, leave as one man, barren as you are, and I'll make you a great nation. Your next question is, how is that possible? He says, leave the nation of pagan worship 
so I can show you the one true God and go to a land you do not know, you've not seen, and I'll give you that land. The next question is, how is that going to be possible? Well, I want you to know this. According to the scriptures that we read, God gave us a pattern. Then God said is his responsibility. That's the vision. That's the new beginning. That's the promise that he gives us. But further down, when he's created man, when he's given man his mandate, he says, I've created you in my own image and likeness. And he's given him a mandate. He's given him a vision. He's given him a God said so. He says, you will have dominion over the earth. You will have dominion over everything that creeps. You will have dominion over the birds of the air, the, the fish of the sea. And God blessed them. Then the Bible says, it didn't say then God said. It says, and God said. And God said. I have created the fruits, the trees for food for you. God showed man the provision. And here's the interesting thing. The provision was created before the vision was given. So I want us to know, wherever God speaks to us about a vision, the provision is already there. Whenever God gives us a vision, the how is already done in him. We are, as we live life and walk with him and trust him, the how is made manifest. But as people, we make life so much about the how, so much about the provision, so much about the food, we exchange the vision for the provision. Because our whole focus is on the provision. But the very first thing after God blessed man, after God gave man a promise, is he spoke to him and said, I have an end. I will take care of you. I have already taken care of you. I have already made provision for everything that you'll need to fulfill this mandate that I've given you. Now, most times, and we find this in the Bible, we all need food. God knows we need food. God knows we need clothes to wear, food to eat, water to drink. He knows we need those things. But we can go through life making that the focal point. We can go through life making that the pursuit, that we forsake the vision, which is what God said. We take our eye off what God said. And that didn't just start now. It started all the way in the Garden of Eden because uh, the devil came to Eve with a food matter. And his question when he presented a food matter to her was, did God really say? 
there was an exchange taking place there, which is why he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The exchange is the devil wants you and I to focus on what's temporary in exchange for what's eternal. He comes for the very word of God that will sustain you and I, but has you focused on the food, on the natural things. The Bible says that she saw that the food was good to eat, pleasant to the eye, and good to make one wise. And she took the food and she ate it. That same mentality did not change in a moment of desperation when Esau had come from hunting. <laughs> and there was a brother who by every right was not entitled to the birthright. He was not the oldest son. The Bible says that the first one belongs to God. The birthright is his. That's the word of God. The moment Esau walked in and for a bowl of soup traded in God's word, God says, I hated him because he despised his birthright. For provision, for a bowl of soup, he traded what was eternal. After the bowl of soup, in a couple of hours, you'd be hungry again. And in a couple of hours, without a good drainage system, the soup would be in there and would have cholera. <laughs> but many of us find ourselves in that situation today. The enemy takes our eye off a God said so and puts our mind on things. Stuff. And we lose ourselves in pursuit of stuff. And in the same token, forsake our birthright and our promise and more importantly, what God has said. This same pattern did not change. But there was one who overcame the temptation to pursue provision and pursue God's vision. And that was Jesus Christ. Because when he was anointed and he came up, the Bible says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And what did the devil tempt him with first? Food. Provision. He says, if you are the son of God, take matters into your own hand. Turn these stones into bread after 40 days. He was in the same desperate, hungry, if not even worse, situation that Esau found himself in. He could, as the son of God, turn the stones into bread but it wasn't an issue of stones into bread. And I love the way Pastor Moulton put it. That scripture is very clear. He gives seed to the sower first, then bread. We've done it the other way. We pursue bread first, then say we have no seed. Jesus said man shall not live. He understood that man does need 
bread to live. But you will not live on bread alone, but live of every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. What Jesus was saying was, I will not take matters into my own hands. My trust is not in my own hands. My trust is in the source. My trust is in the creator of the heaven and earth. And let me let you know something. There's something that you don't know that I know. That this stuff that we see is not created by hand. It is created by God's spoken word. And my trust is not going to be in what I can do with my hand. But my trust is going to be in what God says he can do through my hands. So Jesus overcame the temptation to live by provision so that you and I can also do the same. We can live by what God says. That is where our sustenance comes from. Jesus said this, before I get there, let's turn back to Esau and come back. Esau, finally, when it's time to get the blessing, you all know what happened. Jacob, you know, they say deceived, got the blessing of the father. Esau comes in and, you know, the father says, well, this is what's happened. The blessing's been taken by Jacob. Esau cries. And he says, do you not have anything left for me? Where was the bowl of soup then? Where was the Mercedes Benz then? Where were the houses then? Why was it so important to this man? His father had houses, his father had riches, his father had, yeah, the promise of, I mean, materially, this man had wealth. But Esau says, the blessing, give me the spoken word. 3,000 years later, the effect of what Jacob got, we saw, is still producing. But if you ask me what kind of coat Esau wore, I did not see it. What kind of car he drove, I did not see it. What kind of house he lived in, I did not see it. But that which was intangible then, I saw physically now. Because God said so. Esau said, Father, give me your said so. Because your said so will go into generations. Your said so will long outlive me. Zimbabwe. We don't need another turnaround strategy. We don't need another, your family doesn't need another turnaround strategy. You don't need another business idea. You need another God said so. If you do not have a God said so, there is no foundation. And the rain will come, the storm will come, the wind will come, the house will shake. And will be destroyed. Jesus 
overcame that temptation to live for provision. To give us a pattern and show us a way that you and I can live for God's vision. You and I can live for what God says. He doesn't deny that we need to eat. But however, he refuses, Jesus refuses to be defined by his needs. He chooses to be defined by what God says. He says, I'll live by, I live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. We do not have an economic problem in Zimbabwe. We have an exchange problem. Yes, and you know it's on the black market. It's also evident. We have exchanged what's eternal for what's temporary. We have exchanged and made the, 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 uh, the promises of man and believed the promises of man and not sought after the promises of God. We have exchanged and believed the word of man and made little the word of God. We've not even sought it. What has God said over Zimbabwe? You and I can tweet what our politicians can say, have said, and we can do it over the past three months. We can argue about what they've promised. What has God said over this nation? What has God said? Because that's firm foundation. That your children's children and their children and their children will see into perpetuity. And unless, it makes sense, and unless we seek God and have a clear, then God said over Zimbabwe, we're in trouble. And unless I have a clear, then God said over my life, I'm in trouble. And I take that trouble into my family because I don't have a clear then God said for my family. And because I don't have a then God said, I cannot encounter and he said, which is his provision. And I'm tempted to create my own provision and fall into the hands of the devil. Sell my birthright. Now it makes sense what Pastor Bonnie was saying last week. Our pursuit must be, as Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only speak what the father has ordered me to speak. The question is, when we encounter any situation, our pursuit must be, what does God say about this? Our pursuit must be, how does God see this? What's God's perspective on this? I'm not, I, I'm not interested in the opinion of man. Huh. I'm interested in this. You know, the guy who took us on the tour, our tour guide, said something that astounded me. Firstly, quite honestly, he came across as arrogant. Very arrogant. I mean, he's standing there and he's saying, you know, the Palestinians, these guys are in our land. You know, that kind of... You know, when you come here and we've had land issues. Uh. 
So we asked him, he said, why did you say this? He says, I'll take you to a place where we took, they took us to a place where they're pulling out dead scrolls. Not, not dead scrolls, old scrolls. It's near the Dead Sea, sorry. And um, the scrolls they're finding are the Bible. So they're finding bits and pieces of the Bible. The more they dig, the more they find. And the book they found in its complete state, as is, is the book of Isaiah. The whole, you were reading Isaiah right now, right? They found Isaiah as is. And he says, this is our land because I have the title deed. God said it thousands of years ago. This is our land. And Isaiah said we will return to this land. So we'll return to this land. God said so. It's signed, sealed, delivered. That's the Registrar General. While we run to the Registrar General, they are running to look for scrolls. What did God say? But here's the danger. Most of us say, oh, now I'm going to look for oh, God said. What's my God said so? It's right here. What was Tom and Bonner fighting for us? Have your word, your own word. It's here. But in the years that Isaiah was walking the earth, there were those that were throwing him in prison. There were those that were saying he's not a true prophet. There were those that were saying, in fact, one of the kings, it is rumored, one of the kings is one who killed him. Today, they are saying he was a prophet. And what he authored is our title did. Your God said so is hidden in the mouth of a prophet. Your God said so is hidden in God's word. But God uses, used man to write this, inspired them. So I had a new revelation of these things that we call the word of the year. Our children will read these and give us the answer Edo gave us and said, there was a great man that once spoke. The people in his time didn't listen to him. But his word is true. It is our title deed. God forbid I'm not one of those that forsake. Because the Bible says, you and I have come into a family. This makes sense now. It is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Jesus as the cornerstone. The strategies, we all don't know, are in here. Everything that happened to us this year, Pastor Tom spoke last year. Last year. And the way out, he spoke last year. The Bible says that the word of God was made flesh. Jesus made flesh. What preceded the word of God being made flesh? The word of God being made flesh was preceded by prophecy. When there was enough prophecy on the earth, that is, the word of God aligned in the mouths of man who God had given dominion on the earth. When man aligned himself with what God said here on the when there was enough release of God's word, Christ came in, in physical form. It is the same today. You and I are prophets, priests, and kings. That means, and it's not rocket science. It's prophecy, prophet, pro, being prophetic is not rocket science. 
The moment you align yourself with what God says, you're prophetic. And declare it, you're prophetic. So when you're sick and you say, I am healed, you're prophetic. When you're weak and you say, I am strong, you're prophetic. Why? Because you've aligned yourself with what God said. And when you, when you affirm and confirm and release enough of what God said and what God's saying and what God has said, there will be a manifestation of his word. Because like a heat-seeking missile, the Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. But if there's no release of that word in our lives, in your life, that area is void. There cannot be a performance of the word. Same thing for our nation. If there is no alignment with what God says, when God's spirit hovers over to watch over his word to perform it, and there's zero when it gets here, there cannot be a manifestation. So by all means, prophesy. The Pastor Tom this season said there will be an increase. There will be twice as much of the prophetic that will take place. In you and I's life, we must become a prophetic people. Becoming a prophetic people is aligning ourselves with what God says. When you come here to church on Sunday, you're coming to hear what God says. Yes, a man of flesh is delivering it. But you don't trust me, you trust the source. You don't, you, you, your, 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 your focus is, I know. That is not just Pastor Tom speaking. That is not just Pastor Bonnie speaking. That is the spirit of God speaking through them. And you know what? If they miss it, God says, I'll correct. He says, I'll bring them to account. So now it makes sense what Pastor Bonnie says. How does God see this? Because what we should be speaking is how does God see this? What does, what does God say about this? Not our opinions, not our thoughts, not our feelings. But what does God say about this? How does God see this? What's God's perspective on this? I have a sure word of prophecy. The word of God. The word of God. Zimbabwe, we need God said so. We don't need another plan. We don't need another strategy. We don't need another election. We need God said so. Brothers and sisters, your family needs a God said so. Business people, your business needs a God said so. Church, our church needs God said so. Our communities need God said so. Because that is solid rock. That is firm foundation. So I'm not sure where you're at today. I know I, I'm one of those that's been heavily convicted. 
sometimes I lie to myself and say I'm pursuing God. Nah, pursuing provision. Nah, I'm caught up in the cares of this world. Stop and ask yourself, how does God see this? After you get a perspective of how God sees this, ask yourself, what does God's word say about this? Because I will not live on bread alone. I live and my identity comes from what God says. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.